This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Good Risings. I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. Welcome back. We are on day four of our week on responsibility. Monday, we discuss social responsibility. Tuesday, we had a conversation about our responsibility to ourselves. Yesterday, we covered responsibility in friendship. And today, we're digging into our responsibility in family. Let's begin by considering a recent study from the Department of Psychology at Boston University and Harvard University on our special obligations within family. The study analyzed a large test group's moral judgments on the behavior of strangers. It found that people who helped a stranger were judged more morally good and trustworthy than those who helped kin. People who helped a stranger but did not help kin were judged as less morally good and untrustworthy. People who neglected kin were judged as more morally bad and untrustworthy than those who neglected a stranger. So in short, the study shows there's a clear societal expectation that we be readily available to our relatives. This subconscious mechanism is widespread. People feel the pressure of fulfilling their roles in family, and so they hold other people to the same expectation. How could we possibly hold someone to a standard of engagement without knowing the inner workings of their family? It's like the saying goes, don't judge someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Exactly. If you ask one person about family, they'll tell you about their support system, their foundation, their unshakable bonds. If you ask another person about family, they'll tell you about obligation, abuse, and disappointment. Family differs from one household to the next, and we have to keep that in mind when we consider our responsibility to the people who share our DNA. Again, when it comes to interpersonal relationships, we can't be held accountable for something we didn't sign up for. Where and to whom we're born isn't a choice we actively make. Families are made up of individuals. We have to assess people's access and role in our lives on a case-by-case basis. It's often the most abusive situations where you'll find family members holding their blood relation over our heads. I'm pretty familiar with these kinds of familial expectations. People really think they can get away with murder just because they're related to you. I've had close relatives disappear for years and reappear as though nothing ever happened. I've had family members say atrocious things about me and to me and expect all to be forgiven immediately. On the other hand, I have family members who fought for me, supported me, and uplifted me. Just like we said, these people have to be considered on a case-by-case basis. I have boundaries. I don't tolerate abuse. I don't jump to someone else's expectations simply because of our relational proximity. And it's saved my sanity. Oftentimes, when we finally dig in our heels and put ourselves first, we experience guilt. And that guilt can be enough to keep us stuck in a cycle of obligation, abuse, and frustration. But it's a subconscious mechanism we can get rid of. Just like our conversation on shame from our week titled Let It Go, just like our conversation on shame from our week titled Let It Go, guilt can be shed through honest reflection, awareness, and positive self-talk. 
The bottom line is, only you can choose who gets the keys to your world. Only you decide who's granted access to what doors. And you can change the locks anytime you want. Remember, we love hearing from you. If you'd like to share, we welcome you to comment or message us through the Good Risings Instagram page at Good Risings. And you can find me at B McMuffin. You can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. Thanks for listening to Grateful Grains. If you're enjoying Good Risings, show us some love with a good review. Join us tomorrow for the final day in our week on responsibility. We'll be discussing responsibility in work. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.